This is Mainspring Family Wellness, where transformation takes root. This podcast is for parents pursuing both personal growth and family wellness. We will cover relevant topics that help us reflect, make educated choices, and parent effectively. My name is Kristen Perlmutter. I'm an educator, a philanthropist, and a mother of three who is passionate about personal growth and seeing families at their optimal wellness. And I'm Dr. Jenna Flowers, a marriage and family therapist, author of The Conscious Parent's Guide to Co-Parenting, speaker, and mother of three. Welcome to Mainspring Family Wellness. Uh, this is Dr. Jenna Flowers and Kristen Perlmutter. Hello. And we have here today Lisa Maurice, who is an expert facilitator and teacher of the Enneagram. And we're going to be discussing uh, the Enneagram and how we can best use it to help us understand ourselves during the pandemic. Hello, Lisa. Hi. It's good to be with you today, and thank you for inviting me. So, Lisa, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became um, an expert in the Enneagram. I, it kind of happened to me um, serendipitously. I went to Unity of Tustin, which is a, a, uh, a new age church, if you like. And there was this uh, speaker there, and his name was Russ Hudson, and he gave this little talk about the Enneagram of personality type. And he was offering this uh, four-day introductory class. And I thought, wow, that sounds really interesting. Maybe I'll just come along. And in those four days, it really opened my eyes. Uh, and I began to see myself and other people in a different light. And I really identified with it as the potential for something that could be life-changing. Um, and I was actually so uh, fascinated by it that I signed up with Don Rizzo and Russ Hudson and I did uh, all of their Enneagram trainings. And I certified to teach the Enneagram and I started teaching at Unity of Tustin in 2004. Um, I certified with Don and Russ. Uh, I'm also uh, a uh, certified coach using the Enneagram of personality type. And I've been doing it since 2004. So it's been an incredible journey. Uh, and what I love most about it is when, when I see the light bulb go off in people's brains and I start to see people shift and there's a, a, an opening um, and a, a certain ease that starts to happen. And, and this is what's, what I found really juicy about the Enneagram. <laughs> so Lisa, you're an expert teacher and facilitator of the Enneagram. Can you share with us what the Enneagram actually is? The Enneagram is a system of personality types. It's, it's a nine point personality system, um, which in great detail describes the nine different personality types, each with their own way of thinking, feeling, and behaving in the world. And it developed out of modern psychology, but it has a history that's at least 2,500 years old. Um, we know that it has some roots in mystic traditions of Christianity, um, Sufism, and the Jewish tree of life, the Kabbalah system. Um, the word Enneagram comes from the Greek. Ennea means nine in, in Greek, and gram means model or symbol. 
And thus, it's this nine-pointed model, if you like, of human behavior. Hmm. So how do you know which, um, which one of those personality types you are? Is there a test that you take? There are tests. There's several tests out there. Um, I like the Rizzo Hudson Enneagram typing uh, test. It's called the Ready, the type indicator. Um, it's been certified. It's about 85% effective. But I think one of the, the things that it's important to do in this process is to read about all nine types, percolate with it, think about it, try them on, um, because you don't want the whole idea about the Enneagram and personality type is you don't want to be putting yourself in the box of personality. You, you want to be using this information to be more present um, and to live your life with more ease and skill. That's the whole idea. And I would think also acceptance, because when I study the Enneagram for myself, I find a lot of self-acceptance about who I am, how I'm wired, how other people are wired. I think that's probably one of the, the main goals. Would you say that's true, Lisa? Yeah, I love that, um, Jenna, because one of the things that really helped me was uh, I would come across somebody who I would either really get along with or really not get along with. and and. I wouldn't have a clue in the old days. And now I, I have a certain amount of equanimity about it. I go, oh, okay, this person acted this way because of temperament, because of personality. And I do think that helps people to be more accepting. And it also helps you to find other ways of responding to people mm -hmm. and in ways that are perhaps um, you know, more effective, more skillful, more compassionate. Hmm. Yeah, so true. So Lisa, why should we study the Enneagram? Well, you know, I think we kind of covered some of that territory right there. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of being, uh, especially in a culture like ours, which is very driven and very success oriented, to actually find a way of, of accepting yourself when you don't succeed. Mm. Um, I think there's a potential here for uh, greater joy, for more equanimity, I, I think when you can narrow down the issues, your specific issues, um, and discover what's causing your problems, then I think that makes your life easier. And I, I also think that the Enneagram is, is one tool, and there are many, that helps people put you on a path to growth and, and self-mastery, um, and I think it, it, it's this encouragement, this invitation to be honest with ourselves and to, be, to explore ourselves with a certain amount of, of self-respect and, and love. Mm. And I think there's freedom in that. Yeah. I think there is too. I think that that's why we're so excited about having the Enneagram study group for Maine Spring Family Wellness, which you're going to be teaching this fall. And I think that also speaks to why we have a full class already. Yes. I mean, because I think there's such a hunger out there for people to really understand themselves on a personal level, on a spiritual level, on an emotional, mental. And I, I really think that the Enneagram is a, a divine tool 
to help people really touch on, on all those areas. Yeah, I, I, there's some real power in it. Um, and um, I, I also like using with it some form of, of centered, centering, some practice, some centering practice, whether people are using uh, Tai Chi or yoga or meditation. Um, and then people also bring in their own spiritual traditions with it. And this, this can be a really fertile cross-pollinization. Oh, wow. Sounds really powerful. <laughs> so Lisa, let's talk a little bit about the pandemic and the mm -hmm. Enneagram. Um, and I was so curious yeah. to hear from you, what are the tendencies by type with the Enneagram with handling stress during the pandemic? Um, before I, I get into that, I, I, I have a little caveat here, which uh, as, as, uh, as a therapist, Jenna, you would know this. And it's, it's just that there are so many factors that affect behavior other than personality. Um, there's age, there's gender, there's family dynamics, there's social overlay. Um, but there are some tendencies that we might notice by personality type. And so I will start with type one, uh, the, the reformer. So the, the type one in me, because we do have elements of all nine types in us. So just let me say that with each of these, that this type within me, um, my desire is to be good, to be correct, to have integrity. Um, and I have this vision on the high side of my type. I see the world could be really almost perfect. It, 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 there's this vision of, of what is best about humanity. But there's also under that a frustration that the world is messy and it's imperfect. And, um, you know, the high side of me is principled, I'm objective, and I'm usually incredibly well organized. Um, but in this situation where there's something that's huge, that's completely out of my control, under stress, I may become very critical of myself and other people. Um, and I might, on the high side, have some really great ideas for how to organize and keep people safe during COVID-19. Um, so it might make me excellent at, at protocol and procedure. On the other hand, um, I might think that I'm the only one who has the answer and it's only, I'm the only one who does it right. And this can be very stressful for me and other people and, and create an environment that actually stops people from being more organized, from, from, from being more procedural. So the, the, the one of the Enneagram, the one in me, I'm, I'm ethical, I'm conscientious and I wanna get things right. Um, and when I'm more awake, I recognize, oh, I don't, I don't always know what's the, the best answer. And there are, uh, there, there are other points of views that, uh, that with a, a certain synergy that we can um, create something more powerful. Mm -hmm. I think I'm already realizing a couple one friends as you talk about this and how they handled the pandemic. I feel like everything you just said, that sounded like me. That resonated for me big time. We, we should just do a whole segment now on, on how people vote based on the nine numbers. 
Oh my God, that one's a loaded gun. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, right. Gun. <laughs> you don't want to touch that, but, right? Um, so with type two, this is the helper, the mentor. Um, the two in me really is generous, really is giving, really does have great empathy for people. Uh, and in a way, I, what I want, the two in me, I want to be loving, I want to be helpful, I want to be giving. Um, and I usually, on the high side, my generosity, my capacity to soothe and be kind to other people uh, makes me a great person to have on your team, uh, especially in healthcare at this point in, in, in the COVID crisis. On the high side, of, of the two, I, I, um, I'm very conscientious. Um, I know how people are, I have a good sense of, of, of how people, other people are feeling. On the low side, when I'm under stress, I might overdo, I might be stifling to you, I, I, I might be uh, overdoing my loving, giving and caring. So you're like, enough already, please. So I can be overwhelming to people, the two in me. Um, but in, in a crisis like this, you will often see twos in, in positions where they can really combat COVID on the front line. And this would be EMTs, it would be nurses, it'd be therapists, it would be firefighters. Um, but wherever twos find that they fit in, they are a dedicated type who's willing to go the distance to care and wants uh, and needs to be uh, giving to other people. The, I, the, the caveat for two, and the two in me, um, is to pay attention to my own needs. Mm -hmm. What do I need? Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. this is, is where the level of stress can, can push a two over the, the limit, and then um, they can become a little bit overbearing. Mm -hmm. Type three, the achiever. This is an assertive type. Um, who's very fo focused, motivated, often extremely successful. Um, they love tasks, they love goals, they like recognition, they like credit. Um, threes really don't want to sit around and do nothing. They don't want to fail and they don't want to look awkward. Um, but the pandemic could work in two ways with the, with the, the three. It might crimp their style. Um, if they're unable to be successful, to have people give them attention and validation for their success, um, that might be extremely uh, stressful to them. And then they, you know, tend to shut down emotionally, move forward, and sometimes people can find that, you know, a little bit insensitive. On the high side of type three, when threes work in teams when threes empower others with this same laser focus, the same ability to be efficient, effective, and to take action. And when they inspire other people to do that, they can be a real force for good in, in, in this pandemic. Hmm. So as we're moving around the Enneagram and we look at type four, the individualist, this is a, a withdrawn type. This is a very sensitive, sometimes moody type. The four in me notices what's beautiful, what's deeply touching, uh, what's meaningful, and perhaps what's missing. 
So I don't want to be ordinary. I don't want to lose touch with my emotions, especially my sad and melancholic emotions. Um, there's two ways that this might play out for fours. Fours are often in every field of endeavor where there's creativity involved, you will find a lot of force, whether they're singers, dancers, actors, sculptors, writers, musicians, there is this part of them that really loves to express that creativity. Um, on the side of, of the four, there's, there's this feeling that everybody else has it, it right except me, poor me, and there's a way that I might, in a pandemic, feel terribly lonely, collapse in on myself and not be able to be, I might even be paralyzed in, in, in action. On the high side, maybe I'm the one who writes about the pandemic. Maybe I'm the one who composes music about it. I get involved with helping others healing emotionally. Um, I may get involved in helping others to feel special and interesting and helping others to find the meaning that they seek. So you see that each of these personality types has a high side and a low side. And often under stress, the low side will manifest itself. So when we are awake to that, then we have a choice and, and we can make different choices, more perhaps helpful, healthy choices. So Lisa, would you say with the four, um, because yeah. you have a tendency to be a little more withdrawn, um, these might be um, personal personality types that maybe kind of hid inside their homes a little more isolated or had a hard time reaching out because they were fearful of what was happening with the pandemic? With the type four, because they are a, a more withdrawn type, um, isolation would they kind of like a certain amount of isolation. Um, so how I see it being more of, of a problem for type four is the, the sense of, of sometimes of, of loneliness or the sense that everybody else is perhaps is coping better than I am and having a certain amount of envy um, in, in regards to other people thinking that, oh, everybody else is coping so much better than I am. So it would be more that sense, uh, this, this sense of, of, of perhaps even unfounded envy, you know, mm. something that they've created. Um, yeah, and, and when we study the Enneagram, we'll, we'll take a look at that. Perhaps of all the personality types, four is the one who most has the, whose filter for, um, you know, negativity uh, isn't as strong as, as the other types. And so they tend to take things in and not filter them and say, oh, is this true? And eh, maybe not. And, and so they're sensitive. So these are some of the, the unique challenges for the four and me and our friends, the type four. Okay. Another type, type five, the investigator. Um, they probably, of all of the types during a pandemic, do the best because they're this highly cerebral, extremely withdrawn type, um, very focused. Um, they might be the, the people who discover the practices, the medications, the methodology that conquers COVID once and for all. 
Um, these are like the famous fives of the Enneagram are people like Bill Gates and Albert Einstein and Jane Goodall. So they can spend a lot of time by themselves and they prefer that. Um, and part of, of, of the challenge for the fives is when they're with people is to feel like, well, I don't want them to take up too much of my time and too much of my energy. Um, these are the perceptive, innovative loners who flourish more during the pandemic because they love to go inside the inner tinker toy of the mind and read their books and gather information um, and come up with the great breakthroughs. The challenge for the type five is, let's say they do come up with a great breakthrough. It's the hard part is for them to go into the world and say, hey, I've got this great idea for you. Um, instead, on the high side, yes, brilliant, maybe have the solutions uh, under stress, uh, this fear that you know people will drain my energy. Um, and also this idea that if I just know enough, I'll be safe. And so I just keep gathering more and more information and never acting upon it. But their, uh, their ability to really come up with the big breakthrough ideas and their brilliant minds are part of the possibility that might lead them in the case of COVID to the healthcare breakthrough we're all looking for. So I'll go on with type six, yeah. the, the loyalist. Type six is a, is a really interesting type. There's a certain pendulum to this personality type. They're on, on the one hand, engaging, endearing, funny, and on the other hand, anxious and suspicious. Um, and type six can kind of confuse other people um, with their seesaw approach and uh, some of their approaching and withdrawing behaviors. So this type six in, in all of us, because we all do this, it's just sixes are really good at this. They're scanning the environment for what could go wrong. They're great at troubleshooting, um, but what they might do, especially under stress, is imagine the catastrophes that might never happen. So in a pandemic, um, their cautious nature and their desire to prepare for every dangerous situation may help them to ride out the storm. You know, maybe they just don't take the risks that the big energy types do. Um, and since they're, they, they naturally consider pitfalls and difficulties and they're skeptical and suspicious, they may be able to protect and influence uh, other people, right? Who might not be as, uh, uh, as sensitive to the pitfalls. So that, that's really the high side of their type. And they're, in a sense, even, even though they can be shy, they can also uh, galvanize people and be team builders. So the, there's the high side of this galvanizing team builder, endearing, funny, sweet individual. The low side is that certain uh, skepticism, paranoia uh, that might keep them away from people and hunkering down um, and, and imagining the worst thing that could happen. So a really interesting personality type, my friends. I believe- The um, loyalists. Yeah, and aren't the loyalists kind of the vast majority of people in the world? Is that true or? No, but what is true about uh, human beings, and we know this from neuroscience, is, is that we have a lot of real estate in the brain 
um, for uh, what could go wrong. You know, we're like, uh, Rick Hansen, is it? He says, our brains are like uh, Velcro for negative uh, situations and Teflon for positive ones. So we remember what could go wrong because that's how we survived. Mm. In Paleolithic times, you know, it, it was tough. So all of us are subliminally scanning for what could go wrong. It's just sixes um, kind of major in it, right? You know, it's, it's their default setting more than any other type. But that's a good point. Um, so type seven, the enthusiast. This is another big energy type. They're high, they're high energy, they're assertive, they're a fun-loving type. Um, of all the types, sevens might have the hardest time with this because in a pandemic, you know, you've got to kind of shut yourself down. And sevens like possibilities. They like to uh, do things that are fun. They like to do several things uh, that they think are interesting and they're gregarious by nature. So COVID could really cramp the style of your average seven. So if I'm trying to stay up and positive and enjoy life and experience it to the fullest, then in a pandemic where I can't get out and I'm limited, uh, this can really have a negative impact on this type. So, you know, the seven in me um, is wanting to avoid pain and limitation and tiresome responsibilities. So this being the case for me, I can either, and sevens bounce back pretty fast, but they get depressed too and feel anxious. And this is kind of a, an invitation, the pandemic for them to do that. On the, on the other side, sevens are innovative, they're curious, uh, they're creative types. So it, it, this uh, creativity and, and natural curiosity and this desire for the new could lead them to um, come up with, with new ways of, of coping. Maybe they get into painting, maybe they start to play an instrument, maybe they set up these Zoom conferences where you know everybody does laughter yoga together, this kind of thing, mm. a way to weather the constraints of COVID-19. And finally, type eight, the challenger. This is another really powerful, um, extroverted, assertive, big energy type. They like to take action and they like to feel like they're in control. Uh, these are often some of the great leaders. Um, eights do not want to feel vulnerable or express weakness. And they, they want to uh, maintain a certain protection of those around them. So in a way, the high side of eight is great because they are natural born leaders. They do, they can help people to feel really safe and protected. Um, on the low side, in a pandemic where I don't have control, as an eight, I might wanna vent my frustration and I might want others to agree with my position. Um, I, I might get into um, some sort of pushy and bullying uh, behaviors because I feel inwardly threatened, but I can't let anybody see that vulnerability in me. So I could either be uh, on the low side of eight, uh, somewhat either hostile or, or unpleasant and somewhat menacing, or 
on the high side of eight, I see this as the opportunity for me to lead. I see this as a way for me to really come forward, um, help people have a distance to feel safe. Um, and I, it could be that, that I, through my confidence, a lot of self-confidence, and through my leadership um, qualities, I may be able to demand that people adhere to safety protocols. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a thumbnail sketch of the what, nine. What about the nine? Type. What about the nine? Oh yes, nine. Huh, let's not forget that the peacemaker. <laughs> nine is perhaps the most soothing, easygoing, non-confrontational of all of the types. They want everybody to get along. Um, they will bend over backwards uh, to accommodate people. They don't like discomfort. They don't like conflict. So in COVID, this might upset the nine's basic des desire to just stay calm, to be connected, especially being connected. Because um, in a time where you're social distancing, this would be very threatening to nines. Nines really love that sense of, of, of harmony and being connected to the people that I care about. So on the low side of nine, uh, I, I could, you know, just become a very, you know, go with the flow to the point where I'm, I'm really not taking any kind of action at all. Um, but on the high side, because I want to stay connected, uh, I, and I'm an optimistic type, I will probably notice what's good about the pandemic. I'll probably if I'm able to reach out, call my friends um, and, and talk to people that maybe I haven't connected with in a long time. Uh, I might be interested in, in playing cards or board games with the family. I can be soothing and calming um, and helping other people when they have cabin fever. So, uh, and also nines often are, make a great therapist, um, clergy people because they have this ability to see everybody's point of view so there's on the high side this ability to calm to soothe to to really understand other people and on the low side perhaps uh, again this this propensity to not take action to just sort of let things float along um to uh perhaps even withdraw into the self and to imagine uh, a different kind of reality, a certain escapism. Mm -hmm. So there, there you go. Type wow. wow. That's an, that was an incredible overview. I'm so excited to <laughs> delve into this. So Lisa, it seems like a lot of people are talking about the Enneagram right now. Why do you think there's such a resurgence? You know, it's interesting that the Enneagram goes through these cyclical surges of people being interested in them. And I kind of think that, um, you know, our number's up, if you like. <laughs> Do you think there's any correlation because, between the pan pandemic and wanting to study the Enneagram more? Well, I, because it's a, a personal growth tool, it's a spiritual tool, because it's used in uh, businesses and in healthcare. Uh, and since its inception, that's really been growing. 
um, the resurgence, I think, in part has to do with a real desire for people to find meaning, for people to, uh, in a time where, where perhaps they feel like, well, my back is against the wall, this is threatening, how do I cope? Uh, how, how do I uh, live within the constraints of this? How can I actually flourish? And this tool um, is attractive to people because they, they, uh, the minute that they hear about themselves, they're like, oh, you know, and the light bulb goes on. And um, so I, I think it's, it's uh, the Enneagram has been around for a long time, especially in its modern form, really since the 50s. And it, it comes into vogue and then it kind of recedes a little bit and then it surges again. But at this moment in time where, there, where, where all of us are under these tremendous constraints, I think it's, it's especially cogent and helpful. And I think that's part of the reason why people are interested again. Well, this has been a really helpful uh, talk today. And we just thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on and sharing with us more about uh, the Enneagram and how, um, how we're connecting to it during the pandemic. And I think we're also going to have a part two where we're going to delve a little more into the Enneagram. So stay tuned for that next episode. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed this today.